man, what a great day to be an Eagle. Mercy. Yeah, Cody, new intro, new intro, new intro. second right. episode with a new intro, how do you like that? It's it's the best one we've had. It, it is, yeah, yeah, out of two, <laughs> out, out of two, two but it's the best and, one. And, and, and the best rated one, I'll say, because uh, I I, we've, so. we've only, uh, yeah. and I haven't heard any negative feedback, <laughs> I've heard uh, only positive feedback and only one response, so <laughs> um, <laughs> one person reached out on Twitter and said, new intro's fantastic. Other than that, haven't heard anything. That's usually a good sign um, because, yeah, most most feedback is negative. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So um, getting rolling again with uh, with season five, uh, second episode, leading you up to the twenty twenty two George Southern football season. You are listening to Gotta Talk. Um, I'm Matt. That's Cody. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for joining us. If you haven't listened to our last episode where we kind of did the overall Sunbelt preview um, and then also uh, talked about uh, Georgia Southern and kind of the overall outlook um, for the 2022 season, um, go listen to that. Um, in this episode, this will be the last one leading you up to the September uh, 3rd kickoff against uh, Morgan State, home opener, season opener um, against uh, HBCU out of the FCS and, and the MEAC conference. So we will preview that game um, at the tail end of this episode. Um, but starting off, we're going to kind of uh, do part two um, of our season preview. I uh, kind of not focusing as much on the Sun Belt as a whole and just Georgia Southern. Um, and I want to kick us off, Cody, uh, with an article that you found and sent me um, from Athlon Sports. So uh, this was... Uh, one of many uh, pieces of media coverage coming out of some belt conference media days, which we talked about extensively in the last episode. Um, but basically what this article was, was a collection of anonymous quotes from Sunbelt uh, football coaches about other teams, about their opponents um, that, that they'll be playing this year. Um, so obviously the idea there was to get kind of candid responses because they're anonymous um, about about their foes. Um, so for Georgia Southern, um, I'm going to read this one and then uh, let's just kind of talk about it. Cause I think it, 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 we touched on it in the last episode, but I think it will kind of guide the conversation for what will ultimately make or break this season. Um, <clears throat> so the quote is no one sure what they're going to look like out of the gate with Clay Helton. They don't have enough personnel to tra- transition completely from a gun option to going wide open passing. So where do they land? End quote. So, Cody, you know, it's it's interesting because, again, we don't know w- what coach this came from, right? Um, but mm-hmm. I, I would say it's probably a pretty consensus um, of kind of the mindset or the thought of the other coaches across the league um, because there is that glaring kind of question mark of what will the transition look like we touched on last last episode of you know this this isn't a georgia tech transition right Uh, going from the paul johnson uh tree of of flex bone under center triple option to something more modern spread passing attack um under jeff collins this is more of you know yes run heavy not really triple option we've touched on that a, a bunch right we haven't really ran it in the sense that people um, you know, throw out the term triple option, but really they're kind of talking about what the service academies run, what Paul Johnson runs. Um, <clears throat> we were gun option, run heavy, um, but yeah, not not base offense, triple option. So um, going from run heavy to more balanced, possibly more passing, um, that ultimately is the question. Uh, you know, what, what does that look like? How much do we try to do? Is it truly 50-50? Is it 60-40? Um, and how does that progress after this season, right? Like, what are we trying to, to install this year? And then ultimately, what are we trying to get to? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, Cody, I guess just give me your thoughts on that quote. Is it surprising? And then, uh, yeah, just kind of go from there. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, I, and I think, well, I wouldn't really say surprising. I think it's more of, since they don't know what the team is, that's all they can really go by. Like, like you're right, it's a, it's a good option. All we do is ran the ball. We didn't have really any quarterbacks that could sling it around, so you wouldn't expect us to have the personnel to kind of transition to a, a full air raid attack, right? So um, in that sense, I understand it, but at the same time, I'm kind of questioning, like, do they know who's transferred into our program? Mm. Because I feel like we have a quarterback that can sling it around pretty well. I feel like the offensive line is in a position to where they can um, have be developed and coached with the new offensive line coach um, to handle the change in the offense. I believe we have plenty of receivers that can catch the ball that are threats in this offense and we obviously have a great stable of running back. So in terms of his insult on the personnel, I think it's all there. It's just, can we put it together? Yep. Right. That was kind of my first takeaway. And I even said to you, think, well, I hope everybody thinks this because right. if so, then I think we're going to catch a lot of people by surprise. Um, but I think the biggest question is, is, is can it be done? And this is our question is, yep. can it be done? And, I guess to what extent? Like, is are we really are we really going full on fifty passes in a game? Are they going to kind of just look at the defense that they're playing and match up against that and pick out whatever weaknesses is and exploit it? Which is probably what they'll do. Yep. But does that still mean you know? Can we if if it is we got to throw the ball fifty times? Can we actually do that? Execute it and win the football game. That's and that's that's the big question. What are that's they trying to do is the question. Yeah, yeah. What what are they wanting and trying to do versus like the reality of once we get in it and they're like okay, this isn't working. We have to scale stuff back or whatever it may be. Yeah. But but yeah, I think that's that's the big question. I think, is, but I think yeah. the personnel is there. Yes. I think I think so I think that aspect of it of, of the quote saying that we don't have the personnel I think is wrong. I agree. I, and yeah. I, and I was just going to kind of follow it up with I think it's more in the lines of can the coaching staff have us prepared week in and week out to go up against who we got to play? Yeah. So I that mean, is to me the biggest question again, like not, not Georgia tech uh, transition. I mean, I, I don't know, like I'm not dialed into that program, so I don't know who all they brought in. I imagine that they didn't just take the roster from, uh, you know, PJ's last year to, to Jeff Collins and just rolled with it. I'm sure they got transfers. I'm sure they moved people around and whatnot. Um, but, but yeah, I mean like w- going from any kind of transition like this, whether it's, you know, going back to, to the Hatcher days of when we we're running the hatch attack in, in 2009, transitioning to uh flex bone triple option paul johnson offense under jeff munkin um right th- that obviously was super successful um you know we didn't have a great team in 2009 um we uh bring in uh munkin who had never even been a coordinator before um he comes in brings basically paul johnson's offense um with some wrinkles uh and brings in a quarterback in jay Shaw, right um that uh we we had to look this up before recording here but lee chapel was was the main quarterback back in, in 2009 obviously kind of more pocket uh, traditional pocket passer um running that hatch attack style if we still had lee chapel running munkin's offense we don't make the fcs semifinals in 2010 we don't have that massive turnaround right if the offensive line right. play doesn't get significantly better from a more spread uh, passing attack to, um, you know, the more, uh, you know, um, the flex bone, flex bone. Yeah. Pull blocking and all that. Um, we don't make that the, the semifinal. So, you know, it, it ultimately comes down to personnel, but specifically your skill positions, mainly your quarterback and your offensive line play. And it's not like Helton and Ellison company came in and just said, okay, we're just rolling with what we have. Because if that was the case, yes, it would be a really long season. No disrespect to the people that were, you know, here, um, in, in, in previous years, but yeah, you, you can't just roll, um, you know, with the Justin Tomlin at quarterback in this system, um, whether you're trying to pass the ball 50 times a game or even pass the ball 25 times a game, like you need a quarterback that can come in that expedites that transition a little bit. You need <clears throat> more offensive linemen and coaching up existing offensive linemen to ease that transition, which I think we're, um, uh, doing. And then, um, I think the biggest question mark really is 
wide receivers because I think we have those in spades, which I think will be the biggest surprise maybe to a lot of um, Sunbelt uh, coaches and, and their fans and, and media and all that. Um, it's just like you said, can they live up to it? Right. They, they haven't, they haven't had to, they haven't had that opportunity yet. We believe the talent is there. We just have to realize that potential. Yeah. And I think this kind of all gets back to, well, what makes a college team successful? And I, I think we kind of beat it on the bush, but it really goes to, the quality of players that you have on your team are the players on your team better than players on the other team. And then coaching is your coaching staff better than the other team's coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's it. Like you, like you talked about Munkin came in, he had a solid coaching staff. They were better than a lot of the coaching staffs they went up against. And then they found the transfers that they needed, the players that they needed to make their offense and their defense just as good, if not better than anybody else that they played that year. Yeah. And so, I mean, it took a while. It took eight games. We were like four and four after eight games, but they knocked off App State. And then once when that happened, it was off to the races, and we didn't lose again to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And then it started the next, you know, three seasons of kind of back to our football team being very dominant. But it's not so much that because we switched back to a flex bonus, it's yeah. because we had a great coaching staff and we had great players in that system. Exactly. You know, look at the championships we won. It was great coaching, great players. Um, and so – Again, it'll be the same way with this. Do we have great coaching? I think all around, yeah. I mean, it looks like it on paper. It looks um, like some of the best we've ever had, at least resume-wise, yeah. right? We've exactly. talked about this. I mean, like we haven't had anyone with the prestige of a Clay Helton um, come in. We haven't. Again, Munkin was never even a coordinator when he came in. Um, no. Same same goes for uh, Lunsford. Um, Fritz never coaching he was a, a, a established well-known name in uh, in the fcs ranks but never coached at the fbs level um right so i mean not not as a coordinator or a, um or possibly as a coordinator but, but never as a head coach so yeah. um yeah so i mean it, like this and and then even going to like ellis and I, maybe will harris is is the big question mark because he was you know a position coach going into a coordinator role for the first time young guy but i mean even ellis has, has been there right um you mm-hmm. can say what you will about the resume but like he's coached at the highest level as a coordinator so we haven't had that collection of of coaches in my opinion ever um you know i mean like uh certainly not in the fbs era um but but you know i going back to like irk right i mean that obviously was the biggest name coming as a defensive coordinator of national champion georgia bulldogs right but um other than that like the rest of his staff you know he, I, I don't think on paper i mean he had he had paul johnson as offense coordinator but i think at that point he hadn't really he was an unknown name he was unknown right. yeah so, but like, you know, and so I think as far as the coaching staff goes, it looks great on paper. And now you turn to the players that we have. Is there any spot on this team in which you're like, I don't know, maybe linebackers kind of an if, right? Defensive line, interior, maybe you look at that. Maybe that could be a weak spot. Secondary and, and defensive backs and corners, that looks to be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, we already talked about skills, players, running backs. That looks good. Offensive line so far has looked really good. Yeah, I can't. I, I mean, they, they they don't look terrible at all. Um, our QB one and Calvin Trees looks good. There is a drop off after that as far as who's going to be the number two guy. Yeah, but I mean, I think the pieces are there to to be successful this season. It now it's just can they all put it together? Can the players do it? Can the coaches staff do it? If they can. You know, maybe what I thought originally of being a three and nine, four and eight team is way too low. Maybe they can be a whole lot better. Maybe I'm just as a crazy college fan like anybody else, and I'm just getting my hopes up right before the season gets started. But what I see looks good. What I can tell from the coaching staff looks good. I can't, I can't find anything right now that makes me go, I don't know. This season looks is going to be terrible. I think if if you're telling me, Cody, do you think we can make a bowl? I think so, but I can't tell you what six games we got. We can yeah, win exactly, you know. But it looks like the pieces are there. Can we do better than a bowl game? Can we be, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten wins? Probably, maybe. But there's going to be a lot of luck and a lot of things go our way in order yep. for it to happen. Sure. 
Yeah, which which again is 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 both. That's a combination of us yes. doing everything right, but then yeah. also just like some things, like you said, going going in our favor. Um, luck being on our side because yeah. the schedule is so tough, right? The the twenty eighteen most recent big, uh, you know, uh, transition or or jump, um, <clears throat> going from summers to the first year of Lunsford, uh, ten losses to ten wins. Weak. We had a really weak schedule. A really, really weak schedule. Now, not taking anything away from that team or that coaching staff, but the the schedule is yeah. like pales in comparison to, to and, what. And to be honest um, with you, we if we'd have had the schedule we originally were supposed to have before the um, four teams come in and the expansion of the conference, I would probably feel real great about saying we can make a bowl, right? Because you're talking about we played Arkansas yep. State, we had Texas State, we had Louisiana Monroe. You know, I think yep. in the original schedule, I don't think we play Louisiana this season if how things were supposed to be. So there was a lot of things that I was like, you know, if we had that schedule, yeah, we would probably be about a six to eight win team. But those teams are gone, and now we got now Marshall, play Marshall and James Madison. We get Louisiana back on the schedule. South I mean, Alabama out of the West. Yeah, it's yeah. it's tough. It's tough, and there's just no— And that's the thing. I think if this team finds a way to make a bowl game and gets six or seven wins, that's a huge accomplishment. I know people aren't going to yeah. be happy yeah. with it, and I'm not even saying that like I'm going to be like— ecstatic with it but i mean it we have to have a reality check and i mean honestly regardless of like coaching and, and offensive scheme shifts and all of this like just based on the schedule alone like that's a pretty big accomplishment but then when you throw in all of that uh, that i just said it, it's a huge accomplishment um if, if, if we if we make it happen because um yeah i mean i i just i don't see last year's team if if the coaching staff stayed intact um doing that with this schedule you know i, I just no, running no. the offense that we had the last couple of years i just i don't see us winning six or seven games with a schedule so no. if if this offense and this uh coaching staff can do that that's a big win in my book um and and a great sign for the future yeah no no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right so, Cody, uh, you know, we talked about resumes, we talked about on paper, but we do at least have some glimpse, right? It's against ourselves, but um, you were able to attend um, the last couple weeks, uh, both in um, open practice in Paulson Stadium, followed by uh, the uh, scrimmage, first preseason scrimmage in Paulson, um, which was a part of the fan fest uh, festivities. Uh, so you attended both of those. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, first time really getting to see um, everyone in action, uh, obviously first time since fall practice kickoff, um, to see some of this installation take place, see some, you know, uh, um, you know, full pads, offense, defense, action. Um, so what is kind of your biggest takeaway from attending those two? Um, I think the, the biggest takeaway so far has been the intensity on the defensive side. The defense has a confidence in them that I was not expecting. You wouldn't expect this to have such high confidence in themselves kind of coming off the season they had last year. Um, and there's some new faces, and I think that kind of adds to it, right? You have the transfer from Fresno State. That's a secondary. You have a transfer from Elon. You have a transfer from North Carolina on the defensive front. Um, and so you also get in Derek Canteen back. Yep. There's just a Bird sense song of Birch on, yeah. yeah. There's just a sense of um, Springer's coming back too. You just, there's just a sense of just confidence. And I don't want to say cockiness, but just that they feel like they're good. All right. And I think that stems from their defensive coordinator, Coach Harris. And I think that goes all the way down. Um, I think he is going to probably have them very well prepared each and every week. Um, again, it's just the offenses we go up against each and every week after Morgan State is they're just gauntlet of offenses in yep. every way, right? You got Nebraska bringing in Mark Whipple, who we saw what he could do at Pitt. You got Coastal. You got Georgia State. I mean, every App State, Marshall, all these teams have different ways to beat you, either with the run game or with their passing attack or both. And so, again, they look good. The intensity is there, which I like to see. Can they match up now with some of these formidable opponents? That's that's my question. Yep. Um, offense looked rusty in that the thing was like the fourth practice I went to. Mm -hmm. Looked a little rusty. Um, defense let them know about it <laughs> and, and kind of rode that momentum. Um, 
And uh, but comparing that practice to the scrimmage last night, they had made improvements. They're making strides. It's it's not a which polished, is all you can ask for. Yeah, yeah, it's not a it's not polished by no means. Um, and you can tell they're working very heavily with their passing attack. Right. It's there were some run plays here and there. And what's, I expect- what's the biggest difference between what you saw with that with the offense going back to the spring game? Because obviously that, you know, it looked like offense was definitely kind of taken taken over and, and definitely the um you know, the 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 highlight of, of the spring game and, and not the defense. Do you think that it's just that the defense caught up? Do you think that it's just I mean, obviously we have like new guys coming in with the freshmen and everything. Do you think we're trying to do more? offensively where maybe we kept it pretty simple um with the spring game and and that's adding like some complexity and some rust I to think shake it's off the defense is catching up right okay. like they had a pretty terrible year last year right yeah. i think the first thing that coach harris has to come in and do is he got to get the confidence up and you gotta sit there and say okay what worked what didn't work yeah i don't think Derek canteen was back during the spring he didn't have the transfer from fresno state or those transfers that i just listed i don't think neither one of them were in the spring um the spring game so you have them come in they've been working out they've been getting accustomed they're going over tape i just think they just look like they know their responsibilities i think they knew it at the time but they probably weren't confident in it in the spring i think now they've had all that time to install and learn and watch tape and understand what they're supposed to do they just look confident they just do yeah um so I think that's kind of the difference is that they've just had time to between spring and now to kind of just work on their craft. Um, again, we'll see how it, how it plays out. Probably not so against Morgan State. We should dominate them. We'll get that later. But yep. we'll really see it against Nebraska and UAB in week in uh, in week two and week three. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess going going through um, the schedule, um, what. If we played kind of like fill in the blank here, right? Of of like Georgia Southern makes a bowl game. If how would you fill that <laughs> well, in? Okay. If uh, if Kyle Ventris is the quarterback uh, every game, if he doesn't get injured, that okay. and offensive line play, those two things, we make a bowl game, um, or we put ourselves in a good shot to make a bowl game. Now, if offensive line play is terrible, or something happens there, or if Kyle gets hurt and he's out for a significant time, then then I don't see that happening. Yep. Um, but those two things have to have to be there throughout the season. Otherwise, it's going to be a long season. Yep. So for, for me, I agree with all that. Um, I'll go a bit more specific. And those things obviously have to happen for kind of this to happen. Um, and that is turnover margin. So I, I know, you know, uh, obviously I didn't get to attend uh, that, that open practice and um, the, the scrimmage uh, like you did, Cody. But um, what I've heard from you and then heard just from like chatter across, you know, the boards and social media um, and from Coach Helton himself is that uh, the rust, like you talked about, that, you know, uh, offense was making far too many mistakes, turning the ball over far too much, saw some progression there between, you know, the, the practice and the scrimmage. Um, but – uh, yeah, so turnover margin for me, um, if, if you're asking me to fill in the blank what it takes to make a bowl game, it's uh, plus five or more um, at the end of the season in turnover margin. Now, back in 2018, um, we were, what, like plus 17 or something crazy? I, I think it was like 22 or 20, something, no, something like that. We led I the nation. We set like, I thought we set like a record that we year. Did. For, we, okay. I, I, we set the record. It, it, we definitely led the nation um, that year, number one in turnover margin. Uh, led in interceptions, I believe. Um, and, but yeah, so if you look at like last season, um, the number one team in the country was Nevada, um, with a a 16 plus 16 followed by Louisiana at 15, um, and Baylor at 14. So, so yeah, like, I don't think we're going to get back to 2018 type numbers. Um, but I think as we transition in that new offense and then as that defense begins to believe in themselves, we get a, a, a healthy Derek Canteen back who obviously led the nation with six interceptions um the last time he was healthy for a full year two years ago um i that to me is the key if we can just get plus five or higher so if if we were to bring that to like last season that would put us in like the top like 40 ish um of the country so if if we could end the year with that 
um, I think we have a good shot at winning six or seven games or more. Um, but yeah, but you know, that's obviously a combination um, of the offense taking care of the ball of uh, Calvin Trees being that field general limiting mistakes. Um, and then obviously the defense causing turnovers um, and yeah. putting our, putting our offense in in a good position. So yeah, um, so yeah, that that would be it for me. Um, let's extend that. So Georgia Southern to contend or to contend in the East or make the conference championship game. What needs to happen? Ooh, if that's the case, I would say they would need to be consistent at thirty points or more a game, yeah. which is a tall thing to ask, considering all the changes that is going on. But we got to be consistently above thirty points if we want to contend in the East. Yep. So I, I'm going to say turnover again, right? But now probably plus 10 or more, maybe even plus 15. Yeah. Like we need to be in that like top 15 of the country, I would say, in turnover margin, which again will directly correlate to um, points per game, probably, yeah. right? Like if if, if, if you're if, if you're not turning the ball over um, and your uh, and your defense is is getting you turnovers, um, that typically leads to more points um so i agree with the 30 uh, plus points we all know we've talked about that extensively on the show of um what our record is right uh scoring less than 30 that's kind of that like benchmark like we have to pass that um to uh and that's and that's not just us that's not an us thing right that's that's uh, everyone i believe yeah, captain clack yeah. had a stat i don't have it in front of me but um he broke down like all the fbs teams and and i mean it's it's staggering like um the the difference in the record uh, of of 30 plus and then mm-hmm. less than 30 so um so yeah so the I, I think that's probably the two things there. Um, obviously, yeah, if, if we're in contention or, or making the conference championship, um, we've got to be clicking, I would say, pretty early on. I mean, obviously, like to do that, we technically could like stumble out of the gate uh, because we start without a conference. Um, but, you know, once once we get uh, to, um, you know, October 1st against Coastal, we have to be clicking on all, all cylinders. Yeah, um, we do. And see, that's the funny thing about um, – if you looked at Western Kentucky last season, right, they started this year off one and four. Now their offense was was still really good yep. in those first five games. They just their defense kind of had to catch up. Um, but <laughs> they still they started off one and four and they finished the season. I think like what nine and five something like that. So, um, no, I do we stumble out of the block? Maybe, but. We, like I said earlier in the first show, we got to beat Morgan State. We got to beat Ball State. I think kind of how well we do against UAB kind of determines how well I think we're going to do in the conference, right? If if we somehow beat UAB, I think we have a great shot probably of, of doing well. If it's close, we probably are like 500. If we're getting blown out, we're probably near the bottom of the pack. Just Just being just honest about the assessment. But – no, I think um I don't know. This it's I've never been more excited but unsure about how a season's going to unfold. Really? Yeah. The, even 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 2014 or 2015? Um no, 2015 I knew we were good, right? Like going into 2015 we knew we were good. Um I think So you're saying kinda, excited and unsure. So like yeah, 2015 yeah, yeah. you were excited but you were But confident. I was sure we yeah, I was confident that we were going to be well, do well. Got it. Um, even in 2014, I was confident we would do well. Um, even though we didn't really have, you know, certain, you know, we had questions in certain positions, but I just felt like we had hired a coaching staff that had done really well at Sam Houston state. Why wouldn't they continue? If they were good, there, getting consistently deep in the playoffs. They should still be good here. Right. With Fritz and his, and his staff. Um, I think, uh, even in 2018, it's probably about as close as I felt, right? In 2018, I kind of felt like we would be good, but because we had such been terrible the year before, I wasn't quite. Well, and also a lot of unknowns, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you had a small sample size with Lunsford. I think, you know, people, uh, you know, were kind of on the fence about the hire. Um, most people, I think, were being optimistic just because of, like, who Lunsford is and, and him being just a great example of the program and being with us for so long. Well, even us. When we had yeah. those first few episodes, yeah. I was more excited, and you were like, I don't know. Like, like he's an, he's an unproven. He hasn't done anything. His surrounding staff looks good. Right. But he himself, I don't know. But, no, I mean, no, you're right. The There was a lot of questions going in that year about – 
Who were where there was be? none of that for Summers, right? Summers, Correct. I don't think anyone felt good about it. Like we were all just holding no. our breath. Yeah. Like it was all just, you know, like even the most optimistic people in the world, I think were just like not saying anything. Right. Um, <laughs> because, because like that, that's how it was. And that's, that's the thing is like this, I mean, the only really comparable as a uh, member of FBS football is maybe a Willie Fritz bringing in a proven guy. But yeah, this is the first time since being an FBS program that we've brought in an established head coach with a winning record from the FBS ranks. Um, yep. you know, and, and then, and surrounding him with, uh, you know, probably again, collectively the, the best, I guess, resumes at least that we've seen. Um, so, so yeah, that I think it does make most of us optimistic. It has to, right. Um, but yeah, we, we just, we don't know until we, we see it all come yeah, together. Until, yeah, exactly. It'll, you know, and I look at this season as like three sprints in September, you have your out of conference sprint. And to me, this is when you figure it all out. You have four chances to get it all together. By the time we come to Ball State, we should have it pretty much a well-oiled machine on both sides of the ball. If we don't, it's, it's, that's, that's not a good sign. You look at the, the October sprint, and that is pretty much you have three away games. Mm-hmm. But it's at, what, Coastal? At Georgia State, we have one game here. I think that's James Madison, and then we go to I think Old Dominion. Old Dominion. Yeah. Right. So, of really of those three away games, only one may be like an actual like the team has a home field advantage at Old Dominion. Correct. But um, we should probably pack Atlanta out. Coastal is probably going to be almost in front of an empty stadium. I mean, even if they're it, good. It, it, I think that depends on how we do it in our first four. Okay. I, I think I think if we if we go three and one in our first four, or if we go four and zero oh in our first four, yeah. I think we bring a pretty big contingent. Oh yeah, uh, to Conway. Really, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So we have a chance of probably bringing more than they have in coastal. You're right. Yeah. Um. So even though it's in a you know an away kind of sprint, two of those we could probably have a, a pretty solid amount of fans there. Mm-hmm. Um. But the one home game we got is against James Madison, and that's that's kind of a, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a scary game to be honest with you. It is, yeah. Um, and then you look at the last sprint in November, and it's all three home games, one away. But your three home games are South Alabama, App State, and Marshall. That's that's rough. And then your yeah. one away game is a short week at Louisiana, which is even just as bad. So. You know, each of these sprints are going to be tough in their own way. Mm-hmm. But if we can figure it out by the end of September, I think we can probably maybe start to build some momentum in October. Maybe surprise Georgia State helps. Maybe surprise all four teams and beat them yep. before we get into November, where it's really the the cutthroat of our our schedule. So, so that that leads me, uh, yeah, a great segue there into um, the next kind of fill in the blank. What is our our Georgia Southern's record against its rivals at the end of the year? Is blank, Ooh. and for for the sake of this, we'll say the rivals are Georgia State and App State. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say one in one. I just don't know who is gonna, yeah. who we're gonna beat and who we're gonna lose to. Okay. Right, Fair. because because, I mean, Western Kentucky played App State in the bowl game and demolished them, absolutely just demolished them. But I don't know if that's going to be the same way when we go up against them in, in November. I don't know how we're going to be when we play against Georgia State if we're going to be in tuned enough to be kind of this formidable offense that nobody wants to play. Yeah, that's true. I, I I'll agree one on one. I mean, I, I think if like you you know made me answer which is which. Pro, I, I think we get it done against Georgia State. I like I, I think I think it obviously depends on kind of like how we start the year and kind of where we're at at that point. The end of the year game now against Sap State, um, since it's you know moved to um, to that you know in cap there, it's always a toss up. I mean, obviously with that rivalry, yeah. you, you never can tell, but like you don't know where you're at with injuries at that point, right? Is Calvin Trees healthy by that point? Is is <laughs> yeah. um, you know is is uh, Bryce? Or you know their, the their quarterback like is, uh, is, is he healthy? What's the weather going to be like in Statesboro? Like that? There, there's so many other factors um, for any game that late in the season, but especially a rivalry game. I will um, say this. All right, you know what? I'll go ahead and put it on the record. 
if we have a good run defense, we beat Georgia State. Yeah. If if our run defense is is top notch or top of the conference, we beat Georgia State. Um I think you and I have discussed it. I don't know if we discussed it on the podcast last week or two weeks ago or not, but I think we both are inconsistent that Coastal will drop off. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if we beat Coastal. That may be a too tall of an order, but I think the opportunity will be there. I think that will be a lot closer game than what people realize. I think so. I mean, it was even closer was- last year, as bad as we were, right? Same with Louisiana. And I think I think with Coastal, um, yeah, I mean, it all uh, hangs on um, – uh, Grayson McCall, right, and yeah. I mean, he he loses all of his best weapons. Um, so yeah, I uh, like like we said last last time, they'll definitely have a drop off. I think they have a fairly f- uh, favorable schedule, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean we don't know what Grayson McCall's health is going to be like um, by that game, um, you know, and 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 yeah, I, I think that and and two, we did we play him last year? No. We've no, never we played. played him. We've, we've never, never played, played him. him. Yeah, because I, I I couldn't remember last year, but before yeah. last year, I know we never played him. Um. So so yeah, we've we've yet to play Grayson McCall. So honestly, I think that <laughs> might be you know if he's out once again for us. Um. Apparently, we're like his bad luck. Um, I guess so, I know, yeah. I know. I know. In the past, like like he's missed like one or two games. It always happens to be us. It has to be um, us. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I would say if we don't face Grayson McCall, we beat Coastal this year um if we face him and he's in full health it really kind of depends on like what's around him um how they're playing at that time obviously how we're playing but like i I think it's a close i think that's a close game uh i I do regardless um so so yeah so and 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 two even with the rivalry argument i know we've kind of talked about like coastal they don't really have like a true rival i think that rivalry is building with them um, they're building it with a lot of people. Like I think yeah. they, they they're building it with Louisiana. They're building it with Georgia State because they've had their past two seasons with them. Their games have been kind of crazy. Um, even Troy, um, I think it's getting there. I think you look back in five years and it's gonna be like everybody hates Coastal. Doesn't matter who they are. <laughs> yeah, everybody hates Coastal. Um, like the Chris Rock of the, the Sun Belt. Oh, um, <laughs> like the show, like everybody. Yeah, yeah. Next to the okay, there. Yeah. All right. Not, 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 no, not him getting no, slapped on stage. No, Jeez, no. I was going with this show. Big everybody Will Smith fan over here. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> oh. Um, welcome to Earth. Um, but no, I, 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 I think since there's so many unknowns and there's so many questions that have to be answered with this team, it's so hard to determine how well we can be. I think you have the sky is the limit for this team, but also mm-hmm. the floor the, is the yeah. floor. Yeah. I mean, we could be one and 11, but I yeah. think we could also be 10 and two or 11 and one, or, you know, if Nebraska is not like, goes off further off the cliff hell i mean maybe even 12 and no i think but your ceiling's higher than mine but like yeah, I maybe mean, yeah. I, I think i think it just has to deal with if we are an efficient offense like western kentucky was last year then that makes to me the ceiling very high for this club it does if we're putting 30 40 points up against Every team we play because against. you think our defense is going to be better. Because, like I you think, said, they they, they stumbled out of the good. gate, right? What one yeah. and four, like you said. So I mean, like, yeah, by by all accounts, yeah, they led the nation in passing, but um, you know, and and they got to the um conference championship game, lost to UTSA, yep. um, but. They they still didn't have that like ten plus season, um, so. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, guess I, I, I guess I what you're saying is like our defense is going to be better than what they had. Has, and then, is yeah. better, and we have to me a much better running game than they yeah. had. That's to where if we need to, true. we can control the clock better. Yes. Um. So. I, that's why I think that if things really do click, the the ceiling is there to make a special run this year. But if they don't, and if they don't get their act together, or they come out lazadaisical or they don't take it serious they're going to get mopped yes and that's just the truth of the matter i mean if they come out and they think that if they just show up they're going to win for whatever reason they're going to get mopped if they don't come out every week looking to prove people wrong if they don't come out every week 
looking to say and hopefully you see that at the start the the question is is after we get some confidence of that that chip yeah that that chip gets bigger if we start uh compiling these wins can it continue that was the thing that we talked about with lunsford he gets in october and we collapse yeah right like like can you keep it going so like we go in we beat nebraska uh, you know, I, um, in Lincoln, you know, we beat UAB, uh, maybe we're four and zero after that out of conference yeah. stretch or even three and one, how does it continue in October? Once we start Sunbelt playing, mm-hmm. you know, um, we beat coastal, we beat Georgia state. Do we lay an egg against James Madison and old dominion? Yeah. You know, um, so like that, that to me is, yeah. After we build some of that momentum, like, can we keep it? Um, yeah. so um, so cool. I so think, yeah, I think the ahead. biggest question is, is can the offense operate at a high proficiency and score a bunch of points? If that happens, then can we keep the momentum going to where we cheat every week as if it's, you know, one and oh, we're looking to prove, prove people wrong every week and, and not lit up, right? You go back to 2018 and they lit up against ULM after the App State win. They just did. And that's the thing is like, there's on paper, we don't have that, right? Like no, there's really no, no one on here that you could say realistically we're going to come into as the favorite, much less like the hev- uh, you know, heavy heavy right favorite. It, yeah, but, right, right, right now, now. But but yeah, even but if we're like six yeah. and one, seven and one. You know, we're going into South Alabama or Old Dominion, and let's maybe just say they're, depending they're, on what South Alabama's doing. Yeah, let's just say they're like two win team at that point. Okay. Yeah. Sure. You know, then you're going to sit there and, you know, they're probably going to be a confidence thing that you're going to have to say, look, you can't be overconfident when you come into this game. Right now, it's easy to say that. But I I just don't see anyone on the schedule that we come into that's a losing team. No, no, no. I just don't. I I mean, maybe 500 with with some of these. And I'm talking like outside of the um, out of conference schedule. Like once we get in conference play, I don't think, I mean, Coastal's, you know, the, the, maybe they drop off a little bit, but they're they're still good. Georgia State's good. James Madison is the question mark, but I still think they've got a couple wins under their belt. Yep. Um, Old Dominion, same thing. Um, South, you know, I, I, that's my pick to, w- to win the West. So I, I think they're rocking and rolling. Um, Louisiana, I think, is going to drop off some, but they're still going to be a good team. So I'm thinking 500 but or, they're weak, or better. Their schedule's weak. Their schedule's weak, so 500 or better by the time we play them on November 10th. Marshall, I think they're rocking and rolling. Um, and then App State. So, like, I, I don't think there's any team we roll into where it's like a Texas State situation where we, yeah. we come in and, and it's regardless of how we're playing, it's like, okay, this should be a win. It's, um, you know, this is a one- or two-win team. I don't think that's going to yeah. be the case outside of Morgan State. No, I mean, prob- I mean, we'll just have to see how it lays out. Not every team in the conference can be 4-4, four and four, at least I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's yeah. When I was Somebody's looking at some of these things on be... Twitter of like of all the predictions, I know last episode we went through like our uh, our picks, just like numbers one through seven, right? Of of each each division, but we go through like record and stuff. So like I've seen a couple things out there like predicting us, you know, of like two wins or three wins or, or whatever it is. Um and and yeah, so like we we haven't gone that far, <laughs> but um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, someone has to like rack rack up those those losses. Um, uh, yeah, like every team can't beat a ten win team. But yeah, um, I, don't know. The, I think what, I'm just in the point of this off season where I've, I think I've talked myself into that this team can be great. Maybe okay. it's against interesting the the maybe I'm not <laughs> maybe I'm going crazy, <laughs> but from what I've seen, from what I've seen, you know, it looks like I think the offense is on track. I think where they want to be, they just got to polish it up. I think the defense is starting to come around, or it has come around. I think they just got to keep up their momentum. Um, and I now it's just I just got to see it against another team. And, you know, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we go against Morgan State and we just look terrible. Yeah. But maybe we go out there and we blow the doors off and we go up against Nebraska and beat them. And, you know, if that's the case, then hold on tight because, goodness gracious, we're going to be a team to be – reckoned with for sure so want to get to morgan state here but real quick because we haven't mentioned it yet um we we talked about what does it take to get to a bowl game we got better as a conference we added teams from conference usa arguably their best teams right um obviously we add james madison they're not eligible this year um but the big question is you know now as a 14 team conference we still have as far as i know 
five bowl spots, five guaranteed bowl spots. Um, so, you know, we, uh, it made me think of this when, when you just said like, you know, every team can't be, you know, uh, a 10 win team kind of thing. Um, someone's got to lose. So that, that's something to consider too, right? We, we could be sitting here, like we're, we're saying, what does it take to get to a bowl game? that might not be six wins, right? Like that does not guarantee you that just gets you eligible for, for a bowl game. So yeah. like in this conference, if it does stand at just um, five bowl tie ins for this year, six or seven, even seven wins might not do it. Um, you know, depending on how we're playing, who those wins are against, how those wins looked, um, you know, like the, the, the eye test, like, you know, we come out of the gate hot, but then we, we fold in, in the latter half and, um, you know, still get six, seven wins. Maybe we don't get that bid. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's worth noting that, you know, right now, Cure Bowl, Lending Tree Bowl, um, R&L, Carriers, New Orleans Bowl, Myrtle Beach Bowl, and Camellia Bowl are, um, are the five bowl tie-ins now there's like at large spots with things if like other conferences can't send enough people so maybe like conference usa right i mean uh like you look at that conference and they they got gutted um mm-hmm. even more so you know in, in in the coming years when more teams leave but yeah dude do i don't know like all their bowl affiliations but do they have enough people eligible maybe we take some of their spots but right now five guaranteed um that obviously means just five teams out of 14 um that that are going to get you know could could get a spot so no no you're right you know you got to finish probably in the top two of your division to actually guarantee yourself a spot in the bowl Mm -hmm. you know and that's probably going to mean that you need to get six conference wins yep so i think that's you know if you want to you know guarantee yourself a ball i think six conference wins and probably at least for us go at least two and two Two and two in, in, um, in non-conference and non-conference play. That's okay. a tall order to ask. So eight, eight wins. Yeah. That's what you're basically saying. I think okay. so. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, cool. So we'll jump to Morgan state. Um, we obviously can revisit that, you know, depending on how the, how the season plays out, you know, mid season, once people start doing all the bowl projections and stuff, we'll see where we're at and then we can, uh, yeah, revisit that conversation. But Morgan state kickoff, uh, September 3rd, um, at Paulson stadium. This is our, uh, FCS game, only FCS game on the schedule is HBCU, um, out of Maryland, um, in the, uh, uh, MIAC conference. Uh, so the mid Eastern athletic conference, um, you know, this is, by all accounts, Cody, it's not a good football team. Um, it's, nope. you know, just, just in short, um, you know, their, their, uh, last winning season came in 2014, um, when they were, uh, seven and six overall, six and two in the MEAC. They were in a five way tie, um, with the MEAC. And because of a bunch of different, uh, tiebreakers, um, they made the FCS playoffs. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, made the FCS playoffs. They lost to Richmond in the first round of the playoffs, uh, 46 to 24. Um, but going back to, uh, last season, um, they just won, uh, two games, two and nine, um, overall, uh, only wins, um, came late in the season. Um, after a rough start, they beat, uh, Delaware state, uh, MEAC opponent, uh, 20 to 14, and then won their, um, season finale against Georgetown. Um, right. Not, not the, not the basketball powerhouse Georgetown, but, uh, Georgetown, uh, football, um, 28 to 21. So, um, again, they've, you know, just, just won a, a handful of games, um, really dating all the way back to 2014. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the they're picked, Last place in the MEAC, which is not a strong conference. Um, they do have South Carolina State, which is considered one of the best HBCUs. Um, they also uh, received some votes in the FCS uh, Top 25 preseason poll. Um, that was the team that beat Deion Sanders and Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl. Um, they were uh, Jackson State was heavily favored in that. Right, I, I watched that game, and uh, and and South Carolina State handled them. So they're kind of the darling number one, clear number one in that conference. Um, like a three four uh, team race maybe for second place but then down there in the in the cellar um in the basement is morgan state so you're talking about one of the you know bottom tier fcs conferences and the worst team in that fcs conference um this is a game we should win easily um to your point it's one that even if we do 
not necessarily um, doesn't necessarily tell us anything about the rest of no. the season. Um, if it's a close game, and God forbid if we lose, it does tell you a lot about the season. Yes. Yeah. No. I think if uh, just to harp on that point, if if we blow them out, it doesn't mean anything. Really, it doesn't. It does not. It's not going to say that we're going to be the ten win, you know, conference champion. Um, but if it's close or if we lose, it means we're going to have a long season ahead because this is not a very good team. Um, quick point about Morgan State. They just got a new coach. I think he was hired in May or June of this year. Um, he was at the uh, – he's a head coach at the D2 school called a Bowie, Bowie State, I believe, University. Is it Bowie or Bowie? Bowie. Maybe it's Bowie. could be Bowie. I don't know. Um, I feel like Duquesne, we're going to get corrected. Yeah, again. we are. We are. We're going to get nailed on that one. The Quincy. Uh, yes, whatever it was. It was Duquesne. Uh, it's Duquesne, <laughs> but I said Duquincy. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, B- uh, Bowie State. Um, and it's in Maryland, right next, pretty close to where Morgan State is now. He was a D2 head coach there. Um, when he took it over, it wasn't that great of a school in terms of football. Um, 500 for a few years, and then all of a sudden it was like nine and three, uh, seven and six, ten and two, kind of like I think his last year there they were 12 and one or 12 and two, um, and made you know started making consistent runs in the division two playoffs. So he has a history of being able to turn teams around, even if it takes a while. So that's obviously why he's been brought into Morgan State is to turn that program around. Um, he has the chops to do it. Um, knows the area, knows how to recruit there. Um, probably was getting out or out recruiting his new school. Probably, right? probably. So, I mean, probably. even D two to FCS, like being um, a bottom dweller like that uh, yeah. in in that area, he was probably out recruiting Maryland. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was going to say, so look for him to probably have Morgan State um, trying to get well well he'll have morgan state probably turn around it'll probably take him a few years if they give him a few years to do so um just because he knows he knows how to do it it's just going to take some time and from all accounts he's their head coach is a really good head coach um so i expect them to probably play better than what they would have had under the previous head coach but we still should probably beat them by about 60 to 70 points to be honest we've we've said that though right so like Obviously, one of the the um, you know uh, negative uh, things uh, coming out of the Lunsford era, right, was how we played in these like so-called cupcake games, the FCS games. Now, granted, this is probably the easiest opponent or the worst opponent that, that we faced in in those games. Gardner Webb again, you know, didn't have a lot of like winning history. Um, they were also going through a similar transition where they were like starting to build it, starting to be more competitive. Um, you know, you, uh, had, um, the, uh, help me out, Cody, the former app state, uh, quarterback has, as their offensive lamb, lamb. Yeah. So, so like they had the lamb influence there. Um, and, uh, yeah. And they're that with with the head coach and then also, um, the, uh, the offensive coordinator. Um, so, so yeah, so they, they started to write the ship. I didn't look back to see like what they finished last year. Um, but they were also kind of like middle of the pack. Um, nothing to like write home about, um, coming into that Georgia Southern game. Um, but obviously, yeah, we, that was nail biter. We, uh, probably should have lost that game. Um, you know, uh, ball bounced right way a couple times. We win it. Um, and then, you know, uh, going back to Campbell, um, right. Uh, you know, yep. that, that one, uh, same thing. If, you know, um, <clears throat> we, we get it, uh, right at the end there. Um, uh, yeah. And, and, and pull that one out. So I, I think one. Eagle nation, main, main the main, year before, I mean, main the year before. Yeah. So, so the, we've had what three straight years where we had nail biters against FCS opponents that we should handle pretty easily. So I I don't think, you know, I I do think we need to have a, like a reality check where we stand up here and say like, whatever happened in the past with this FCS foe, like we haven't, we're not in a position to like brag and be like big brother and be like this almighty team that we're going to come in here and just like, uh, you know, destroy you because we have not proven that. Um, now, so, so yeah, to, to me, even though it, doesn't necessarily tell us anything if we beat them by 30 or if we put up 60 or or 70 on them while that doesn't ultimately 
say anything about like predictions of making a bowl or being competitive in the conference. Um, I, it, it just needs to happen in, in yeah, my opinion. Like it, it just, it, it's a sign that like we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also too, of all the coaches on this coaching staff that isn't even on any sort of a hot seat, it's got to be Coach Ellis, right? He, he, to me, if, if there's anything flunders with the offense, he's going to be the first one people are going to start to point at. Yeah. I think for him to, to to get off to a really good start and put up a lot of points, I think would be a great way for him to start off his tenure as the OC here. Um, so I think, you know, as far as the mental aspect of it from fans to see us put away – an FCS opponent, and then on top of that, for really this coaching staff to say, hey, here's what we're trying to do, and we're going to try to put up this many points against not just, you know, Morgan State, but against anybody we play. Yeah, actually send, send a message, you know, whether yeah, or not that yeah. message is like a little misleading, right, because of the opponent you're playing against, but like, yeah, we still need to send the message from from our part. Yeah. That's what we need to take It's kind of like how Fritz had to do, you know, we had the the – Flunder against North Carolina State, you know, and people were like, well, is this just a, a lucky game that they just were able to take advantage of a North Carolina State team that wasn't prepared for them? Um, no, he had to send a message against Savannah State, and we put up, what, 80-something points on them. Yep. Um, and it kind of, I think, kind of solidified that fact that I think, no, this is an offense that's potent and we'll score points. Same but thing here. But then you have Summers and we lose to uh, yeah. New Hampshire, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's with this, you know, Helton, Ellis, everybody. I think it's uh, very important that with this game, statement no, game. no statement game, and no disrespect to Morgan State or their coaching staff or their players or anything like that, but we've got to beat them by a lot, and we've got to put up a bunch of points. There's just yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if so, we don't, man, is it going to be a long season, and fans are not going to be happy. Speaking of Fritz, so connection there, um, one of – or actually, their their only uh, FBS game last year was against Tulane, um, and Tulane won sixty nine to twenty against the okay. second game of the season. Um, so, yeah, so that that's probably um, you know maybe that's a little telling. Obviously, Tulane didn't have a great year last year, um, so um, yeah, and and they handled them easily. And then uh, they um, actually, I said that wrong. That was back in twenty nineteen that they played Tulane. Okay. Um, so they didn't play in 2020 because of COVID. Um, they played Tulane back in, in 2019. Um, yeah, that was their only FBS. And then uh, last year – oh, nope. Oh, wait. Okay, they must have – wait. I'm confused now. Never mind. Don't pay attention to me. Um, <laughs> no, I, w- I was right. I just didn't – I didn't hit go on, on the schedule. So that was – it was 2021. They did play Tulane last year, um, lost uh, 69 to 20. Okay. Um, and, yeah, 2019, after sending out the uh, 20, uh, 20 season, um, they played Bowling Green, lost 46 to 3. Um, they played Army and Munkin. <laughs> so so they're, they're just doing the gauntlet of, like, Georgia Southern coaches. Yeah. Um, uh, they played uh, Munkin and uh, lost uh, fifty two to twenty one um, back in twenty nineteen. Gotcha. So, um, right. And James James Madison that year sixty three to twelve. Um, so, yeah, I mean it's 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 one that uh, I I would even extend it and say not only like score more or yeah not only like beat them by multiple touchdowns but I think the score more than thirty is is the key. Like I I don't want to win like twenty eight to nothing. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I want to put up thirty plus points, maybe forty plus points or more, um, and and then yeah, obviously hold them. But um, so <clears throat> yeah, I, I think if 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 it's one of those like situations where we win, you know, eighteen to three or something, I'm gonna be like oh, really, yeah. even if we like quote unquote dominated the entire time and they like never make it past the like fifty, you know, like yeah, um, I'd still be really concerned. Yeah, yeah, so. All right, there we um, go. There we go. So uh, this will take you through uh, to uh, to that September third um, kickoff, and then uh, we'll recap that game, um, get you ready for Nebraska, um, and then yeah, just break down kind of what we see after we um, see some you know live action against an opponent other than ourselves. Uh, yes. So 
uh, until then, Cody, um, well, uh, yeah, just looking forward to, to football in general, being back college football, uh, coming back. Um, but yeah, just really excited for this 2022 George Southern. Season. No, I can't wait. I can't wait to finally put the last season behind us, get that bad taste of our mouth and actually see, um, hopefully a, a very entertaining offense in a, in a team that is at least competitive in every football game. For sure. For sure. So until next time, Cody, as always, hail Southern. Hail Southern.